0: good, people? It's your boy CZ here, and this is an episode of The Hybrid Club. Hope all is good. You know where to find us on the socials at The Hybrid Club, and you know where to find me at C-Says, C-E-A-S-E-S-A-Y-S. Well, we're back to Europa League action. I do not know what to say after the joy, jubilation, elation, celebration of the weekend and that fantastic result against Bournemouth. We are now back to focusing on the next fixture, which is the Europa League game in Lisbon against Sporting. And I've got to say, I'm sure, like everybody else, I have been riding on the wave of the weekend's results from our comeback victory against Bournemouth, snatching victory from the jaws of defeat, all the way through to the Arsenal women's team winning the Conti Cup, being Chelsea, the nemesis, the rivals, the people who have been trying to steal our son for years. Um, to seeing Spurs lose against a lacklustre Wolves side, to seeing, you know, United get absolutely pumped 7-0 by Liverpool. It's been a good week to be an Arsenal fan. And then on top of that, you get the training pictures and videos of Gabriel Jesus in full training with the first team. The first time we've seen that since November. It's now March. We have not had... Gabriel Jesus since November it is now March so you can see why it's been a good week for us Arsenal fans you can see that right you can see why we might just be in a bit of a good mood you know if you took Rashford out of United what would their last three months have looked like you know if you took Kane out of out of Tottenham what would their last three months have looked like if you took Haaland out of City what would their last three months have looked like I could go on and on and on but look us no Gabriel Jesus since November. We're now in March and we're still five points clear at the top of the Premier League. So yeah, I would say it's been a good week to be an Arsenal fan. But that being said, of course, at some point you have to come back to reality, you know, take one last look at the Reese Nelson goal and then put it away and focus on the game ahead. Well, I mean, I could focus on the game ahead and go back and re-watch that clip, but you get my point. For us, though, we have to go back to focusing on the Europa League. The first time we've done so, you know, for a while now, um, obviously there were the qualifying games between the teams that finished second and the teams that dropped down from the Champions League. So Manchester United, of course, paid Barcelona and won. So they'll be playing Real Betis. Um, and we, of course, will be playing Sporting, who beat uh, Midland, uh, Sporting having, having dropped from the Champions League. Um after having been in a group with the likes of Spurs and Marseille. So, yes, it is time to focus on the Europa League, a competition which I think it's fair to say that, along with Manchester United and Juventus, although their season has been a bit choppy in its own ways, along with Manchester United and Juventus, we are very much favourites for the competition, I'd say. Um, so it's, it's an odd one to be going into a competition that we're one of the favourites for, if not the favourite, given how our season's gone, But equally, it's a competition that now matters a lot less to us than it did a year ago, given our league form. Not necessarily because, you know, we're sat here assuming we're going to win the league, no. But rather, unless there is some kind of truly spectacular collapse in the league, we are going to be playing Champions League football next season. Um, So other than winning a trophy for winning a trophy's sake, the ultimate... um, the ultimate reason for winning the Europa League for this club in particular was gone. And that's, that's sad to say because it makes it seem like playing in the Champions League matters more than winning the trophy. But I think for a lot of fans, the sheer amount of time we've been out of the Champions League meant being in the Champions League was the priority. For me, and I've said this before, I want to see us lift the European trophy. That's that's where it is for me. I do want to see us lift the European trophy so um yeah we are very much resuming our search for that elusive european crown and we travel to beautiful lisbon to play sporting to do just that um hearing talk that the stadium might not be that full due to high ticket pricing matched with sporting's inconsistent performances domestically it means that there might not be the atmosphere there that many would have hoped for but that might play to our advantage and in any case you never know um it does look like there were still tickets available um, when you looked on the site, but again, you never know, right? Um, now, as you said, there was, of course, the knockout round um, playoff games previously, which we managed to avoid, which was a godsend, quite frankly, because look at what's been going on in the Premier League. Having to play those two extra games, um, you know, would have been... I mean, look at how our season's gone so far. Look at some of the injuries we've picked up. Imagine we had those two extra games as well. That would have been unconscionable. So the fact that we were able to avoid them is fantastic. And it's also fantastic because it means we did well in the Europa League group stage, which you want to sell through as much as possible with as little uh, issues as possible. And we very much did that. Um, topped our European group A with 15 points, out of a possible 18, only dropping points to, to um, PSV. But, you know, since we last played in the competition, We've gone from strength to strength in the Premier League, kept Man City at bay, remained five points clear at the top, now with 12 games to play. Um, So it's going to be fascinating to see how the club balance their European ambitions with the domestic ambitions. No doubt the domestic ambitions take priority because realistically, how often are you going to be five points clear of Manchester City with 12 games to go? It's not often. So um, no doubt that that will be the priority. But of course... It's also not often that you're in a competition like the Europa League and, you know, you don't have an Atletico Madrid who's dropped down in, for example, you know, um, there's no, there's not a strong Chelsea side like they used to be, you know, there's a the United side who is very much beatable. There's a the Juventus side who are not firing and everybody else in the competition we should be able to take on. So you know, if there's ever a chance to win the Europa League, it's now. It just serves so to be in the season when we've got our best chance to win the Premier League in 20 years. So what do you do? For me, it's still a European title. Um, and this club has not won anywhere near enough of them. It's been 19 years since we last won the Premier League, but it's been 31 years since we last won the European trophy. You'd have to go back to 1994 and the win against Palmer in the Cup Winners' Cup. And that was the last time we won the European trophy. That's not good enough. You know, we've lost the, the UEFA Cup um, final before. Uh, Galatasaray, if anyone remembers that. I know that's buried deep in the memory banks, but yep, that happened. Um, you know, the likes of Vieira, Henry, you know, they're all playing in that game. Bad, bad, bad times. So yeah, we need this. We need this European title. We need this European win. And look, if, if, if somehow we managed to do it in the Premier League and the Europa League. That would be a season to remember. So how likely that is, you know, the odds can't be pretty high on on a team doing a a domestic and European double. The odds on that are pretty low, given the amount of games you have to play and the level of the games as as you get later in the season. But it's on for us at the moment, so you have to play towards it. There may come a time where you have to prioritise and you have to choose, but we're not there yet. So let's see how we do. one thing we have to manage at the moment is our emotions. So, as I said, after the pure joy and elation of of the weekend, we have to deal with the come down. You know, the, the game after the massive result, when the players and the fans have been riding high and feeding off the win and, you know, feeling off feeding off that energy. And we now have to get switched on to a midweek game and pretty quickly. And look, make no mistake, the same way we've been binging on all of the content since the weekend. The players are human beings. They will have too. How many times do you think Reece Nelson has watched that goal back? How many times? Ben White scored his first goal for Arsenal. How many times do you think he watched that back? I'm sure the players haven't been gorging um, themselves to this degree that we fans have, but they've been enjoying themselves. I'm sure that they have. And Arteta would have had to get them out of that mode into focus mode for this Europa League game, because there is a risk that you look at this sporting side and you say to yourselves, you know we're coming off the back of a big win our season's going well this is a team we can be don't worry lads we've got this and that's where complacency starts to creep in that's where players get distracted and so Arteta will have a job on his hands getting these players focused for this game now my hope is that there's enough um there in terms of just the players natural determination and and um yeah the the level of focus and graft and work that they've shown this year. I I hope there's enough there that that isn't as difficult as it might have been in previous seasons, but equally there is a staple of players in the squad currently who are desperate for more minutes. And so hopefully one of the things guarding against any kind of complacency is the fact that we have players who are desperate for minutes and are desperate to prove themselves because they'll want to make sure that they're in with the running of getting even more minutes later down the year. Um, and this brings me to my next point when buying a house you know they say the key is location 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 well when it comes to juggling domestic and european challenges we're talking rotation 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 he'll have players who are absolutely desperate for minutes you know they're looking at how this premier league season is going they're looking at the chance for this team to do something fantastic and it might not happen. And we have to keep saying that not to guard against our own protection, uh, guard against our own emotions or protect our heart or anything like that. It's because there's still a decent chunk of the season to go. Five points is a lead that can disappear in a week, um, depending on the, the fixed fixture schedule. So we really are in a position where this thing that we are obsessing about, thinking about nonstop craving, We are so far from it that we can't yet talk about it in real tangible terms without the dread of what could happen looming over us. So we're still far, far, far away from that. Um, But nonetheless, what is possible is something truly magnificent, something truly special. And that is, as I said, lifting a Premier League or lifting Europa League or potentially doing both. And that's not something people have spoken about before because the odds of doing both is just so small. Not many people are talking about a domestic and European double because and it won't really be a conversation until until and if we get to say a semi-final and we're, you know, potentially still in the driver's seat for the league. It's only then will that start to sort of be a focus in people's consciousness. But it's very much there. If we have the strength and will and determination, the, you know, the quality and the luck to some degree to, to, to do it. But for now, of course, the players are looking at what is available. They're, all they can focus on is the next game. All they can focus on is what is possible. And we have a crop of players who will be desperate for minutes because they'll want to be a part of that run. They'll want to contribute you know, the young players who played under Arsene Wenger would talk about the League Cup being their competition. It was where they got their chances. And when they were in the, the League Cup, they knew that, you know, I'm talking about the Armin Triore days, the Carlos Vela days, you know, the Mark Randall, Fran Marida, um, you know, young Nicholas Bentner, Jeremy Aliade- Aliadea days, you know, the, the days when Wenger would just play the kids, you know, it would be a Quarter-final against Sheffield, United, play the kids. You know, it, it, it's that kind of thing. Shit, we'd have a semi-final against Spurs, play the kids. It, it, I think there are some players in our squad who are looking at the Europa League that way. Um, players like Matt Turner, Tomiyasu, Holding, Kivior, who we have not seen on the pitch for a minute bar half a game in the uh, under-21s. Jorginho, Vieira, Smith-Rowe, they will all want significant minutes in this competition because they have no guarantee of how many minutes they're going to get in the Premier League. Um, have we known that if you make too many changes, the fluidity of the team suffers? You lose those automatisms. You know, players who know each other, know where they're going to be, um, you know, that's gone. You know, the players who are playing together aren't haven't played together as much as their counterparts have those connections, you lose them. Players take an extra touch and look up to see where their man's going to be rather than just knowing where to put the ball because they've done it again and again and again You know, since pre-season. Uh, we saw it all throughout the Europe League group stages and even in the FA Cup game against Oxford United, for example, the level drops when you heavily rotate just because those players aren't as used to one another and they sort of warm up during the game as they get to understand each other's movement and where they're going to be and what they want to do. Obviously, they'll have training, but it's different in a game. Um, and you you lose those kind of marginal gains and go up against a team like Sporting, for example, who will be playing, their starting 11, who all know each other and play with each other week in, week out. So if you're rotating heavily and you're playing against a team that knows each other inside and out, those marginal games if you're already not at your best and then you lose those marginal gains, that could be enough to see the result go a different way. Um, but equally... You have to rotate. You know, we're getting to a congested part of the season soon enough and there'll be a need to manage minutes to prevent injury. But you also need your squad sort of match fit and up to speed. You can't have five or six players who never get more than 15 minutes once a week. That's going to cost you later down the line when you need your squad. But when you call them, they're either not motivated because you've frozen them out or they're not up to speed because they've barely played. So they need a certain amount of minutes to stay competitive, to be able to contribute later in the season. You can't bring them in cold after barely any minutes. We know that Arteta isn't one for needless rotation. And if he could, he'd probably play the, start, the same start at 11 every single game if he could get away with it. Um. So what do you do? How do you rotate enough to get through the game, but not so much that you lose fluency and end up crashing out of a competition that you could on the face of it be one of the favorites to win and that's one of the things that arteta is going to have to manage um, as well as that, it's managing injuries you know we spoke about the need to rotate to avoid them well we have a few of them already um, jesus like we've seen the pictures the glorious videos you know i can't tell you how long in the back of my mind i've been thinking i just want to see those pictures of, of jesus in full training I just want to see him in full contact training. I just want to see him riding challenges in training so I know he's fit. Just let me see that as soon as possible. Look, the last couple of weeks I've just been thinking, oh, maybe he's maybe they've got him in training, but they're sort of keeping it, you know, keeping it quiet. Because to have I, I I do think there is a degree to which we as fans, and it's understandable, this isn't a criticism, it's it's understandable. I do think there is to a degree we as fans have forgotten how good he was. When he came in this season, you know, we use words like transformational for a reason. He was transformational. I, you know, I'm sure like the rest of you watched him at the start of the season against Palace and he's, you know, got the ball and he's jinking through three players and feeding it off to Martinelli, who's now got acres of space to run into or take a shot. You know, the way he'd receive his ball with his back to a six foot three centre back and he'd just roll him, leave him on the floor. And progress the ball up the pitch, the way he dribble into the penalty area, the the just some of the shots he got. If his goal against Leicester does not get spoken about enough, the just sheer sensational talent that it takes to score that goal with that many players around him to get the ball over the keeper and under the bar in that in what space? In what space does that ball drop down? Incredible. So to see that is incredible. But but it may just be a bit too soon for him to play. Now, of course, if we go to Sporting and we absolutely thrash them and we're 5-0 up with 20 minutes to go, maybe you can bring him on because the game's not as intense. Maybe. But given that he's not played since he got injured during the World Cup, I would be surprised if he was on the bench, um, let alone came on the pitch. That being said, all of our centre-forwards are injured. All of our natural first three starting centre-forwards are injured. We only have, you know, Smithrow who notionally can play false nine or martinelli um who can play there that's it really other than that we're going to the we're going to the under 21s or trying something that is quite genuinely unpalatable at center forward. So with those kind of injuries this might be an occasion for Jesus to actually make the bench because otherwise you're going to an academy kid who we know Harteta is not going to bring on the pitch anyway. So do you put an academy kid kid on the bench who you know you're not going to play. Or do you put Gabriel Jesus on the bench, who you're probably not going to play, but if the game state allows, you may be able to give him five minutes, two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. So, you know, while I think it's unlikely, the sheer lack of numbers at centre-forward means that actually he may just get that chance. Um, A worst-case scenario, he doesn't play him because if he played the U21 there, he wouldn't play him anyway. So um, there's also Smith-Rowe, again back into the squad you know um had a few minutes um against uh had a few minutes against was it everton was it the everton game he came back in um and then brentford obviously when trossard got injured played more minutes against brentford than brentford sorry bournemouth played more games against bournemouth uh played more minutes against bournemouth i I don't know if you can still tell but i'm still kind of unwell so yeah um played more minutes against Bournemouth than I think the manager wanted, and that's why he had to come off for Nelson. Um, so, you know, fit, but not fully fit, I don't think. Not completely fully fit. I, I, I would be surprised if he started this game, genuinely. Um, tell me he comes on and plays half an hour, 25 minutes, I can believe that, but starts the game, I would be surprised. But again, it all comes down to fitness, right? It comes down to how they're training, how they respond but we'll need him back to full fitness so this could be a good opportunity to get some decent minutes under his belt to really test um how to test where he is in his recovery and to see whether or not he is now a full-fledged member of the first team in terms of availability or whether or not this is a player we're still going to be managing through minutes for another month um because really we need we need Smith Rowe back and firing now we 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 don't need Smith Rowe back at the end of April we need him available and ready to contribute right now. And to be fair, he's started to of course, um he got the assist for the uh, first goal in the Bournemouth comeback, so you can say he's already started to do that. So let's hope he can get back to his scintillating best very very quickly because we will need him both in Europa League and in the Premier League. And then of course there's reese Nelson who has been back fit for a while now. Um and uh wasn't in the last couple of match day squads just for selection reasons. And so clearly has been in in contention. And as things are, he's, he's clearly been training and doing well. So got his opportunity and boy, did he take it. And given the injury situation and his performance on the weekend, he'll have an opportunity to show that Mikel Arteta, that it wasn't just that one game. It wasn't just that one occasion. He can actually contribute moving forward. And that's why for me, he is probably first and foremost... You know the player of the moment going into this next game against Sporting. He obviously had that amazing game on the weekend where he not only got scored the winner and what a brilliant winner it was. He played very very well up to that moment. He obviously got the assist for the Ben White goal to make it two two, but he just his general play was brilliant. He was dangerous. He was taking players on. Um, he was keeping their their defenders occupied. Good movement, connecting well, doing exactly what was required of him and showed his ability to remain composed under pressure. Um, you know, he didn't come on when it was already 3-0 when we were coasting and he just sort of, you know, was playing some pretty football under the sun. Um, you know, that was more of his his cameo against Nottingham Forest earlier in the year when we won 5-0, he came on, got two goals. This was, he came on a pitch at a really difficult time. We needed goals and he delivered. Um, but he'll now need to show Arteta that he's a player who can contribute more than just a couple of moments, you know, here and there. He'll need to show Arteta that he's a player who could contribute moving forward. And he'll want to do that. And it starts by getting back-to-back games. And I don't know if he's had back-to-back games this season. Um, i have to check. But I don't think he's had two games in a row. Um, And now he has that chance. Because with our injuries, I would be amazed if he didn't start. I think he absolutely has to. I don't see who else would start given the injuries we have and given the fact this Europa League. So he now has the opportunity to show Arteta what he can do. He's a player who's going to need to manage that come down. More than any player in this squad, he reached the heights of heights. I'm talking he lived a moment that all of us dream about from the moment that we fall in love with this game. He lived it, literally. The last-minute winner for the club of your dreams in the Premier League to score the goal with the last kick of the game. That is literally the stuff of dreams. And now he has to come back from that and deliver a professional performance in the Europa League. So let's hope he can do it. The other player, of course, who's going to be important to watch in this game is Smith Rowe. Like I said, I don't know if he starts. I just don't know if he's had enough minutes for that to be the case. But again, you know, the club obviously know what his fitness situation is. They know whether or not um, he's in a place to do that. Listening to Arteta after the game on the weekend, it sounds like Smith Rowe was only supposed to play maybe 15 minutes. So it's hard to see a situation where he was supposed to play 15 minutes one week and then he's going to start the next week. It seems more like a 25 minute cameo type of thing off the bench, but given he played more minutes than he was supposed to, maybe if he's come through that and he's okay, they might say, okay, well, he played more than we thought. He's fine. Let's give him a go. Let's find out. But he's another one who's gonna want to show that not only can he contribute again, he did um, to a degree uh, against Bournemouth, getting the assist for two two uh, for two one. Sorry, um, but he'll want to show that he can remain fit and contribute. So this may well be an important game for him. Another two players who I think for different reasons, this game will be really, really important for is Vieira and Tomiyasu. We see with Vieira, who's a player who was on the peripheries of the eleven throughout the season and has come in at moments and shown quality. And the manager is now starting to trust him um, with more minutes and to come on in games and be a effective member of the squad and contribute in a way whereby he can play him and play him give him important minutes and know that he can produce something the reverse of that is Tommy Yasu who went from being you know a store a permanent member of a fixture of the starting 11 when he joined the club to getting injuries to starting to be on the periphery of the 11 to starting to be a player that maybe the manager is starting to question the degree to which he can trust him and I don't want to go over the top of that but you know, the last two starts, a couple of mistakes in there, not playing well, brought off at halftime, and the team goes on to perform without him. That has got to hurt. You know, Tomiyasu is a really, really good player, Play our rate very highly. We see how good he is defensively. Um, had his mistake against um, Man City, but that is very much out of character for him. Had a rough half against Bournemouth, um, but... Rough for different reasons. That was more to do with his, his you know, ability going forward. The way he maybe got in the way of Saka didn't co- combine with Erdogan and Saka properly. When he did get past the last defender, his balls into the box were poor um, if they even made it to the box. Generally, um, not a great couple of last games. So Tomiyasu is going to want to show his quality and show that he can be relied upon to not only be the defender that we know he can be, but also he can contribute in the attack. Um, And so this is a good game to do that. It's away from home. It'll be a challenging game. He'll get to show off his defensive qualities, but he'll also have an opportunity to show off uh, some of his attacking qualities if the game goes in our favor. And he'll want to do that. Vieira will need to impose himself, show his personality, which he's slowly started to do. Um, Of course, he'll be very familiar with sporting. And so a trip back home for him to Portugal. This may well be a game he'll feel very, very comfortable in um providing everyone around him and everything else around him goes well and probably the last player i'm going to talk about is Kivior. i have no idea and and please get in contact let me know if you do because i genuinely don't i'm not just saying that i i have no idea where he's at in terms of potential minutes for this game i would be genuinely amazed if we saw rob holding and Kivior in the same starting lineup in this game I would be astounded if Arteta did that. I think Arteta is aware of what we're all aware that Rob Holding is not at the level to play in this team, the style of football that we need to play. He's just not. You know, he did a good job against um, Holland in the FA Cup game against City, came off at halftime, wasn't taken off because he was bad, taken off because he got booked, and he got booked because, you know, he drew Holland into a 1v1 sort of battle and fight and kept him occupied for 45 minutes, did his job well. In that kind of game, he very much still has a role. In helping us shut out games, he has a role. But in terms of what we do and what's required of our centre-backs, he's not in a position where he can do that. And that's not, a, that's not a criticism of him. That's just where he's at in terms of how he plays football, his style of football, and the style of football that suits him. Put him in a low-block team and he's going to look Astounding putting in a team where the defenders are expected to pro- progress the ball and defend big spaces. That's not his game. So it's a bit much, it's a bit like how Arsvinger used to use center backs or the way Granite Shackle was used before, you know, the system changed to put holding into our current system, um, puts a spotlight on his flaws and does not set him up for success. Um, So I'd be amazed if we saw Holding and Kivior in the same centre-back pairing starting against Sporting just because Kivior's never played and our style of football no longer suits Holding's strengths. Um, So I would expect to see, you know, Saliba and Kivior or Gabriel and Holding, and then maybe Kivior comes comes on um, at halftime or vice versa, but I don't expect to see them both starting. We might see one, we might see the other, at different points during the game, but both starting would be a shock for me. So this is going to be an opportunity for Kivir at some point, you would assume, to show us what he can do in the first team, having only played an under-21 game. So he'll be want to be training hard. He'll want to get his chance, and he'll want to show it. I'll just be interested to see whether that's from the start or from the bench, if at all. Um, anyway, that's it for part one. I'll be back for part two, where we'll talk a little bit about important... Um, important plays for sporting starting lineups you know and and style of play and everything else so join us for part two welcome back to part two of the hybrid club hope all is good of course we are looking towards the game against sporting uh, in the europa league just spoke a little bit about some of the important players for arsenal looking at some of the important players for sporting it's an interesting one um they are in a bit of a weird situation currently um they've been a bit inconsistent this season they might win a couple games lose and draw win a couple games lose and draw it's largely seems to have stemmed from their midfield being somewhat decimated they lost paulinho who of course went to fulham and is cooking up a storm in west london um i don't know if any of you have been watching him play or seen him play this season but he looks really really good Um, And, of course, there's Nunez, who went to Wolves as well. They didn't replace them, struggled for reinforcements in January. He lost Pedro Porro as well to Spurs. They did bring bring in Bellerin to replace Porro, but he's been in and out of the side. Um, Expect him to be on the bench. Uh, But, of course, it is a nice reunion um, with Bellerin, playing for Sporting, coming up against Arsenal. He may well come off the bench. The real reunion, of course, will be in the reverse fixture. Um, next week back at the Emirates um, but looking at some of their players it will be interesting to see how they go about this game and the actual approach they take um, they did of course get through to this game after beating uh, Midland in the playoff round I think it was 5-1 in total a 1-1 during the first leg of 4-0 in the second they did it at though one of their midfielders Ugarte picked up um, his third booking which means he'll miss this game through suspension. So, again, they're missing another one of their key midfielders. But they do still have some dangerous players. There is, of course, Marcus Edwards, you know, attacking player, can play wide left, wide right. Um, really, really good player. Really good performances for sporting. Um, you would have seen some of his performances in the Champions League, including against Spurs, almost scored a wonder goal against them. He's one of those players who's diminutive, dribbler, techie, you know you know good technique can run through players create chances individual brilliance but he can be very inconsistent he has some games where he you know comes off after having not, not done a lot and he has some games where he turns up and just lights it up it just it just depends which one you get no doubt being a former Spurs player he'll be very much up for this game against Arsenal but equally equally um you know we have the tools to deal. With him you know we've got players who are good 1v1 defenders if he plays attacking on the left he'll likely be going up against um tomiasu on the right so i say that of course i'm going to come to the lineup later but i have this niggling feeling in my mind that because Tierney's out with an illness we might see Tomiyasu at left back but we'll see whether that, that happens i'm just i'm it, it's just sort of you know my brain is just kind of positing that anyway um he, he may well turn up on the day. He may well not. You don't really know what kind of market set you're going to get. But when he does show up, he can be a very, very good player. Um, and I suspect that if he is able to show more consistency in his form, he may well get himself a, a move uh, back to the Premier League for a good Premier League side. But um, for now, of course, he's having a very good time in Portugal and more power to him, despite the fact of being a football's best player. Um, Pedro Gon, uh, Goncalves scored 13 goals this season um you know attacker can play in attacker midfield for them good player known to be a bit of a handful can be a bit of a problem obviously having a good season in, t- in front of goal despite uh inconsistency he'll be another player to watch out for uh, they have a striker paulino can play with his back to goal hold up the ball bring other attackers in but then he's expected to sort of run in and get on the end of shots he's known for Scoring a bit of a worldie every now and again. Have a look at his YouTube pilots this season. He's, he's got a few of them, but is prone to missing a sitter here or there as well. So someone who, again, our defense can deal with, but make no mistake, has has um, the ability to, to be a threat as well. So look, sporting have some plays you can hurt us, but ultimately, whether or not we get a result from this game is probably going to be more down to how we play rather than how they play. It's very much on us to win this game, take the points, Um, take the points, win this game, take the lead back to the Emirates versus um, not turning up and Sporting, um, you know, doing a number on us. So for Sporting's style of play, we have to go back to the situation with their manager. Um, This is a guy who used to play for Benfica um, and he managed Braga before moving to um, Sporting. Now, the interesting thing about uh, him and his time at Sporting is actually he joined during the pandemic season. So it was, I believe, March 2019 when he joined um, Sporting and he won the league with Sporting the following season. It's um, it's quite a thing to do, to join a, a team one season and win the league the following season. And they hadn't won it for a very long time. Of course, I'm talking about Ruben Amarim and... It's interesting when talking about him, because he has a very specific style he wants to play in. That being said, that's not really worked for him this season the way it did in previous seasons, you know. So as I said, joined in March 2019, won the season 2020-2021, and it's been going steadily downhill ever since. They've been steadily more and more inconsistency, inconsistent, sorry. They had some good performances in Champions League and Spurs, but as Roy Keane used to say, come on lads, it's Spurs. They play a 3-4-3 formation, um, and he's very wedded to that by all accounts. Um, He's very unlikely to change it. So it allows him to drop uh, his plays into a back five if he needs, but they can push forward and get numbers in attack easily as well, Um, which means they can attack our attack in half spaces, particularly with the way we play. Their front three usually is made up of a striker and two attackers behind them. The main strikers we spoke about, Polino. Um, could play with his back goal help with build up, bring players in um, but expect it to be the exc- exclamation point on the end of chances as well. Um, so we have to be careful there as well just again with our style of play and the way we leave our half, our half defensive half spaces exposed and our defensive flanks exposed. we won't want their their wide players steaming into those spaces and and taking advantage of that the way we've seen in in the last few weeks to some degree um particularly with the goal ollie Watkins scored for uh for villa you know or um even even the the chances we gave away to to um, bournemouth that they didn't manage to capitalize on but still had nonetheless we want to avoid those situations and they have the players to take advantage of that trincal edwards you know players who are very adept at running in space um now, of course, as I said, their, ba- their best player of the season, Pedro Goncalves, um, he'll either play as part of the front three or the midfield. I think it's probably likely he plays in midfield if both Trincao and Edwards plays part of the front three. Um, but we'll have to wait and see. So, obviously, they have a centre midfielder, Garte, suspended, so it's likely that Goncalves will drop into midfield and they'll have Trincao and Edwards behind Paulinho. That's what I'd expect, but you never know. In any case, like I said, their style of play very much allows them to either use the full backs um, to block passing lanes. So use the wing backs to block passing lanes um, wide with the midfielders helping to block central passing lanes. And then they can use their wing backs to push forward to create an extra spe- extra threat going forward in those wide spaces, whipping balls in or progress the ball centrally and use their dribblers like Trincao and Edwards to, to create some attacking threat. You know, uh, Mikel Arteta spoke about that tactical flexibility um, in his sport in his um, pre-match press conference. He spoke about the variety of options and the change in formations that they can do, you know, um, the change in shape, the profile of players they have. And so it looks as though he's at least adept to the 3-4-3, the three, three, allowing their managers to do different things. So while he's quite wedded to the 3-4-3, three, three, he will have his players fulfill different roles within that formation. So while the formation may be rigid, the roles within it can vary to suit game state. And Arteta will be very uh, switched onto that because he himself is quite adept at switching up the roles that his his team's, um, teams playing depending on game state, despite being very wedded to the positional play approach. And it is that positional play approach that will uh, be very much how we, how we play. He will look to be the protagonist in this game. He knows we're the better team. He knows that... One of the advantages of playing away from home in the first game is if you can get a win, even if you get a draw, you're in the ascendancy in that situation. You're very much in a position where um we can use the likes of Zinchenko, Saka, and Nelson to play in between their wing backs and their defenders. Um so if their wing backs push forward, that space that's left in behind between in that gap between the You know, left central, uh, the left centre back and the left wing back, the right centre back and the right wing back. If you've got space in between, you can play behind there. You can stretch the defenders, and suddenly you've got three centre backs up against five attackers attacking five different attacking attacking lanes, and two wing backs chasing back. Suddenly you've got space to exploit. So we all have potential space to 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 play in. Um, I don't think Sporting's deep block is going to be you know, a a masterclass in defending, but I do think they've got the players to make things difficult for us on the day and um, exploit space in behind. We have not been managing that space well in recent recent games, so we'll need to be switched on. Um, But yeah, I'm not expecting this to be an easy game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, Like I said, we're going to rotate and that is going to have an impact on the fluidity of our football. But the aim of this game is to not lose. Of course, to win. Um, and win comfortably if we can, we're better than them. So, you know, a solid 1-0, you know, uh, 2-0, 2-1. But even if we get a 0-0 or a 1-1 draw, we can take that back to the Emirates and win. But I think if you asked Arteta, a routine 1-0, 2-0, you know, low stress, low... You know, as much as he wants to transmit energy and everything else, he'll want us to go out there, blitz them, two early goals, and then just kill the game, 3,000 passes. That will be his ideal way this game ends. You know, no injuries, no excitement, just a comfortable 1-0, 2-0 victory that we can take back to the Emirates and play them off the park. That's what he's going to want. And if we can get that done, it'll be a good day. Get the result, no injuries, no thrills. 1-0, 2-0, take it back to the Emirates. Thank you very much. And, I'm very, and I think that has to be the aim of the day. We can't go into this um, and put ourselves in a position of making the game at the Emirates some kind of, you know, must win at all costs thriller. You know, we can't do something stupid and lose this game 2-0 and suddenly we need to score three at the Emirates. That's something we can't be doing. I know there are people listening to this who are probably gonna say, I don't care about the Europa League. I do not care about this competition. I want us out of this competition so we can focus on the Premier League. But you have to understand something. There is even pressure created by going out of the Europa League and only having the Premier League to focus on because suddenly you go from potentially being able to win four trophies to three, three trophies to two, two trophies to one. It starts to send the message that your season is capitulating. Um, and not just that, as I said, with less games and less fixtures, you're like, great, less need to rotate. But less need to rotate means the players which you'll need to rely on because of fatigue or injury won't be up to speed. And when you do need to rely on them, they'll be undercooked. So there is a benefit to having two competitions Lofty ambitions, aiming high, trying to win both. If you go out of the Europa League, you go out, fine. But do it the right way. You know, don't don't chuck away games that you should win. You know, we shouldn't be losing games the way we lost to Valencia. We shouldn't be losing games the way we lost to Olympi- Olympiacos. If you don't win the Europa League, go to the semi-final and go out to Juve because they've played a blinder. Don't, you know, don't get beat by sporting in the round of 16. That does not help our season. So, I very much think um, this game is going to be very much about getting the result and getting out. So, as far as the lineup goes, as we said, t- Tierney's unwell, um, didn't train, so won't be playing. Um, and, you know, the manager spoke a bit about Tierney, and you can understand his frustration. There's been a lot of talk about, you know, potentially him going in the summer, moving to Newcastle or somewhere like that. Personally, I would love it if he got a move abroad. He's a winner he's a champion, he's a fighter. I have no doubt that he's been fighting for his his place in this side, but the style of football we play doesn't suit his football. I'm a big believer that you can have, you know, different different ways of dealing with different situations. Having different players that can solve different problems is always a good thing, but you do need those players to be able to fit what you do. So for example, we can use Ben White in slightly different ways. We can use Saka in slightly different ways. We can use Martinelli in slightly different ways. We can use Tierney in pretty much one way. I did see earlier on in the season, Tierney was doing his best to adapt to our system. You know, he was moving into central positions a little bit more, you know, lining up alongside our number six and trying to help with build up centrally. He was definitely doing that. So I, sh- I saw him trying to show... To Arteta, that he can do this, um, and it's not like he didn't play at all this season. You'll remember that we lost Zinchenko for two of the first four months of the season. He was one month fit, one month injured, one month fit, one month one month injured. So Tierney did play minutes in the first part of this season. What happened is that Zinchenko came back from injury and stayed fit, and didn't just stay fit, reminding us of what he brought to the team when he played, and after that. Kind of like with Ben White on the opposite side of defence, he just went clear. What he did was so phenomenal, he just went clear. And honestly, I love Tierney. But no matter what he does, he is not going to be able to deliver what Zinchenko does. And as much as we can turn around and say, yeah, but when you need something more defensive, when you need something different, that's what Tierney gives you, that's great. But we have our plan A, and the point from Arteta's position, and of course he's the manager, he's the one deciding all of this, from the manager's position, the point is to win with plan A. And so what he'll want is a plan B that can do, he'll, he want a player who can do what Zinchenko does, but can offer a bit of what Tierney does as a plan B. So he's gonna want, um, someone who can invert, but someone who can kind of do the defensive dog work as well, I would suspect, which is why I think we see the links with someone like Friesnado, um, basically you know, I think also explains the links with, uh, Lisandro Martinez in, in the summer and, you know, the reporting that Arsenal were looking at him as a left back and not a center back, um, someone who has the ability to progress the ball, but can do no defensive dog work. So I think Tierney, as, as much as he's doing, it does look like the team is evolving away from him tactically. It's not about his ability and not, it's not about standards. It's not even about his fitness. I think it's more about just his style of play. Um, and so he'll be he'll be disappointed. But Arteta made a good point in his press conference speaking about Tierney. He said, you know, on Tierney dealing with not playing, he said Tierney's dealing with it very well. Um, we discussed the situation and we had a very similar position. He knows his role. Um, under me, he's played a lot probably more than any other player, including the previous players that were at the club during the past three years. He understands the situation and he needs to challenge the situation. And I think that's correct. If you remember, a couple of Arteta's previous seasons fell apart because Tierney couldn't stay fit. Now, I'm not going to do the whole Tierney injury-prone thing because we saw from, you know, all or nothing that Tierney injured his knee during that season just coming out of the bath. You know, he steps out of the shower, twists his knee. So you know some of this idea that he can't stay fit and he has ongoing injury problems that are all connected, sometimes it's just bad luck. Um, But what I will say is, having had a player who couldn't stay fit for varying reasons, and our season's falling off a cliff because we didn't have decent cover, we're now in a position where we had two really, really good, quote unquote, left backs. Um, And ultimately, one of them is excelling. And whenever you have a player in a position who's excelling, then the other player has to battle away in training to show why they should play. And then when they get their chance, they have to take it. So we saw that Tomiyasu, Tomiyasu was our starting right back. Saliba came in, was playing brilliantly at centre-back. So Arteta went, right, well, Saliba's playing. There's no way I'm not playing him. So what do I do if he went, Well, I've always wanted to kind of try him at right back. But is doing so well there. Tommy Yasu had his own fitness issues. All right, I'm playing Ben White at right back. I'm going to try and see what happens. He saw it. He saw it worked. He, he stuck with it. So Tommy Yasu then had to fight for his place at right back. Ben White had a bit of a dip in form. Tommy Yasu came in, didn't do well. Ben White came back storming. And that's how it works. So I think Tierney understands the situation. And no doubt the club and Tierney are saying, let's talk in the summer and see where we are. See how the season progresses. Tierney may yet have a massive part to play in how this season turns out. But for now, obviously for this game he's unwell. Um, not injured, just unwell. So he won't be there. So I do think again I don't see Kivior starting. I don't see Smith Rowe starting. They'll both come off the bench at some point I assume. There's no Trossard, there's no Eddie. Unless Jesus comes off the bench, which I think is going to be more of a game state thing. You know, I can see Arteta maybe giving him 5 minutes off the bench if we're cruising and are, and cuz don't forget it's not just the result, it's not just we're 3-0 up. It has to be a game where we're 3-0 no up and sporting are not trying. He can't throw Jay-Z into a game where we're 1-0 no up, 2-0 no up, 3-0 no up, and sporting are kicking the shit out of our forwards. He's not he's not going to put jay z in that position. But if they've given up and they're barely even, you know, contesting the game and there's no rough tackles going in or anything like that, he might chuck him in with a few minutes to go. But and I think that would only be because we have no other fit strikers. And so the alternative is to put an Academy kid on the bench and not bring him on because we know Arteta is not going to bring on Academy kid in around the 16 Europa League tie. Not in the not in the first leg anyway. So I'm curious to see what happens. I there's a, I have a sneaking feeling with the starting lineup that we're gonna see Tommy Yasu at left back and Ben White at right back. I have a really sneaking suspicion. Um because otherwise you're playing Zinchenko Saturday, Thursday, Sunday. Um but I, you know, but I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he will, um and then he'll switch things around. I don't know. I don't know. For now, though, I have a sneaky suspicion. But for now, though, I think the lineup is Turner in goal, Ben White right back, holding Gabriel, Yasu, Jorginho, Shaka, Vieira, Nelson, Saka, Martinelli up top. That's my um, predicted starting lineup. But like I said, I have a sneaky suspicion we might see Yasu at left back. In any case, um I don't tend to do predictions for games. I don't think this is going to be a sort of stroll in the park. I don't think it's going to be an easy game. I think we're going to have to work for this. I think we should have just about enough to get the win. So I think if we win, it's going to be a very low-scoring low game. I think it's, you know, we're looking at a 0-0, 1-1, or maybe a 1-0. But I don't think we're going to sort of struggle. I don't think it's going to be 2-3, 4-0, anything like that. They're inconsistent, but Sporting is still a good side. We're going to make some changes to the sideline up we're going to rotate which is going to affect our fluency so i suspect we're not going to look great they're going to look all right it's going to be a bit of a cagey affair and we may just scrape a one nil or it'll be a nil nil or one one or something like that low scoring game but let's see how it goes the most important thing is we get a result to bring back to the emirates and everyone stays fit so that we can focus on fulham on the weekend because that is going to be a real test anyway people that's it for me you know it's find us on the social socials at hybrid club you know it's find me at C says thank you very much for listening really appreciate um, all you guys who have been engaging with us it's sort of nice to kind of talk to other gooners and just see how you're feeling about the season and how you're processing everything um for now I just want to say hope you guys are enjoying the season hope you're all doing well um over here in the UK the weather's a bit all over the place so I hope you're staying safe um otherwise I'll talk to you guys probably, I think the next spot's probably on Monday. So I'll talk to you guys on Monday. But otherwise, have a good weekend, people. Um, obviously, the next Premier League fixture coming up is Fulham. Um, yeah, let's see how we do tonight and let's see what's good for Fulham. But anyway, people, have a good one. Sweet you in a bit, in a bit.